Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail lies. Enough of the the desert, desert. let's move north. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, girls. (laughs) This week, we're moving all the way north to Idaho. I have to say, Idaho surprised me. Us. This state is amazing. It's super cool, and I really like it. There's deserts, mountains, hills, and lakes and rivers. If you want to see the show notes for this page, you can find them on the website at thefailas.com slash nine. If you haven't followed us yet on Instagram and Facebook at the Faolas, go do that now. Please. Please, please. Small town USA is where it's at. Do you agree? I have like the smaller towns. We've spent um, all of our towns in Idaho, I think, have been small towns. Pretty much. Other than maybe like Twin Falls, you know, we stayed there, um, but everything else has been pretty small. True, true. I, I actually forgot Twin Falls was pretty busy because we stayed kind of on the outskirts yeah. a little bit. What do you like about the smaller towns? I like that there's fewer people. <laughs> I like people, but I like fewer people better. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's friendlier in smaller towns. Like you can literally drive through most of the places that we went to and just... People passing by will wave at you for no reason. It's weird. And I like this. I like the closer communities. So it feels like you're in their community when you're staying. You can go into the um, gas station a few times, and they're all of a sudden they're saying, "Thanks, Tony. You need anything else?" <laughs> and the other cool thing about staying in small towns is the locals are. It's easier to get information out of them. So you could ask a local pretty easy what's cool around the area, and they can give you some cool tips. Yeah, some of those local spots that only they know about, not on Google. We planned on being in Idaho for a week, and we're actually leaving today after this podcast is done, and we've been here six weeks. That's crazy. (laughs) I will say it's been totally worth it. I'm so glad that we ended up staying here yeah we it's not because we were made to stay here for those six weeks we ended up getting sucked in and finding more places and more places and more places so do not underestimate this state girls what's been your favorite place in idaho me the salmon river me the snake river and the salmon river mm. what'd you like about the salmon river that we got to play in it, and we brought mermaid barbies, and it was yeah. so much fun. <laughs> I got to go swimming, didn't you? Yeah. You and Dad, Lexi and Dad, made a, the best sandcastle I probably have ever seen that we've ever made. So how do you get to the part that we went to? The Salmon River is obviously a big river, but we went to this perfect spot with the perfect little beach. It was just us on this little, like, personal beach. Yeah, it was, cove. Get- it was pretty awesome. How do you get to it? It's um, near Cottonwood, where we stayed. If you head down towards the Pine Bar Recreation Area, which there's signage for that, instead of going to the Pine Bar area, you'll actually go the opposite way, follow the river along, and there's actually just federal land right on the river. That's where we were. So when you're going down the road, what I found is there's trash cans like dumpsters right there. Um if you pass that road, there's like um, informational signs. If you get to the informational signs on the right there, you've went too far. So go back and turn down that road, and then you can drive around that road, which goes like along the... It'll follow the river, and then you have to cross a bridge. Yep. It'll go along a mountain, and actually there's some BLM land right there on the right that you can camp on before you get to the bridge. That overlooks the river, but you don't have river access from that spot. And you could possibly take a Class A size there. I was a little nervous, so we didn't. Uh, but it is possible. You might want to drive there first to see if you're comfortable doing it. But definitely a van or truck and trailer could do it. Yeah. So after you pass the BLM land on the right, you're going to get to a bridge on the left. And you cross over that bridge. And then instead of going to Pete's house or whose house was that? 
Do you remember? Pete Johnson. <laughs> Pete Johnson's house, which is a private road, obviously. You cannot go down that road. You're going to turn right, and there's just a little road along the river. You're going to stay going on that river, and then you'll see there's, like, some spots that you can go down. There's a there's a ferry spot or something. It's called Cooper's Ferry area. Yep. It's a, you know, historical site, kind you of. You can go there, but it's rocky and not as cool. But if you keep going down a little farther, there's this perfect spot that's, like, sandy, beautiful there's, sand. Yeah, about 100 yards long. They call it a... Um, unimproved boat launch i think that's where like kayakers and rafters and stuff can land or put in depending on what you're doing but um it's deep sand so four-wheel drive definitely recommended but uh man it was a perfect spot way too perfect it was actually my best spot at the beach number one huh number one we set up oh go ahead did we swim in the snake river no. no, we got our feet in it, but we never swam in it. And that was on my list to do. We just never found a good enough spot like this one. Yeah, this is perfect. So we set up a sun tent for the day. We took some food down there and some drinks and music. Yep, we had some music playing. We were there for about 30 minutes, and then I realized we did not bring sunblock. So bring your sunblock because I had to drive all the way back to the campsite. But it wasn't too bad. I mean, right from Cottonwood, I think it's only twenty minutes or so. Yes, it was twenty. It was about, yeah, it was about twenty-five minutes from the spot to uh, our campsite. And honestly, the longest time takes driving down into the gorge because there's a lot of switchbacks. So if you're not as scared as me, it might be a little quicker. That area is really cool, though. So if you go to the Pine Bar Recreation Area, so if you if you turn left there and you continue going down. Uh, there's actually a campground right there as well. You can camp there with pretty much any size RV. Well, no, they were a little tight, actually. Yeah, I would say, I mean, there was a few spots that could probably accommodate us for 36 feet. I don't know if you have, like, a you know, a 40-foot fifth wheel or bigger. I'm not sure that you could get in and maneuver around in there. They're just primitive campsites. They're, like, um, designated sites, but there's no, no hookup. hookups or mm-hmm. anything. And if you have a National Park Pass, you pay half price. So I think it was like $3 or something. Yeah, it was super cheap. Yeah, really cool. And there's also some sandy beach spots on that side as well. We yep. just went to the other spot. It and I feel nice. like those are that spot, like the one that we first found in the Pine Bar area, probably a little bit more popular because there was already people there swimming when we went down there the first time. We stayed at the, a campground in Cottonwood. What was the name of that, Tony? It was uh, Subert's. RV and guest house and it's a fairly new campground but they've got a I don't know I would I would guess like a dozen sites they're all pull through all 50 amp with hookup they do not have a dump station but there's a fairgrounds just like two minutes away you can dump for free right there and there's also BLM which is what we said I mean there's some down by the beach spot for sure um, that you can camp in there's some towards the left and towards where we were in the bridge area. I like the bridge spot better. It was a little flatter. Yeah. yeah, that BLM area right there. The river was the perfect temperature. It was a hot day. It was a perfect temperature. Crystal and clear. And it's sandy area, so you can actually, and it's, by the way, we didn't mention this, but it's not in a busy, I mean, it's not in like a fast area. It's kind of curved there in the river, so the water kind of goes by you. You have to go out into the river a little while to get into the curtain current to get into the current (laughs) so we weren't too worried about the kids playing right there because it was really sandy and and they're able to to play without being sucked away and the river there is probably close to i'd say about 75 or 80 yards wide so it's very wide right there and just the basically the middle is fast like upstream there's some rapids that you can kind of see but right where we were um it widens up and you get you kind of do have like a little cove, so you don't have a lot of current right where you're going to swim. So that was good for the girls. I took the floaties out, and I went out into the current and floated around and came back to shore. Yeah, you could have probably swam across the river even. I don't think so. <laughs> Once. We saw three bald eagles. Had a camera zero times. <laughs> One of the times he was flying out of a tree into the water. I'm pretty sure he grabbed a fish and flew off. I did have a camera there, but I passed by, and I tried to reverse very slowly to get a picture of him. 
And as soon as we got to him, before I could snap a picture, he flew away. The first time we saw an eagle, it had something in its mouth, and it dro- dropped it back in the water. I don't know what it was, though. It was probably a fish or a small child. Going to Cottonwood, we were coming from the south. Uh, we were in the wilder Idaho area, which is right on the Snake River. So we took 95 north to go to Cottonwood, and that drive is insane. Easily one of my favorite drives so far. So for several miles, you're actually driving down into a canyon along the river. And as you're going, it's kind of winding through. You go through several small towns. And then you actually meet up with the larger salmon. I think it's the lower salmon river. And there's rapids. And there's like we passed by people uh, that were rafting, like whitewater rafting through there. That was cool. We get to watch that for a minute. Uh, There's pull-offs all over. So the scenery is good. And the whole way, as we as you go through there, there's all kinds of little recreation sites, which allow camping, and there's usually, like, boat launches and stuff like that. But when you get to the end of that, and the further north you get, you get to Whitebird, and then right after that, there's a big grade. It's called the Whitebird Pass. And it's like seven miles, seven or eight miles of just 7% uphill. So it's quite a haul, but we did it fine. Kristen got bored behind me because I was going so slow, so she passed me. I wasn't bored. It was <laughs> scared the Jeep was going to stall. <laughs> I like to take my time up the big hills. <laughs> Very high. And there was a, like a cliff there. That was kind of freaky. And I mean, it was on the side of a mountain, I think, or something. Yeah. And you're way up there. And I mean, it, it was actually very smoky. So we didn't see out very, I mean, you could see that it was deep, like steep. And you could see that it was way out. Um, rolling type hills that you could see out there, but it was very hard to see because of the smoke. Yeah, that's what, the wildfires were just really starting to get burning out there, so there was a lot of smoke around. There's a lot of a haze. But that drive was very, very pretty. The steep hill is worth it just to go through that canyon area because it was really cool. There was even some wild horses that you mentioned you saw. Well, I don't know if they were wild, but they were like halfway up a mountain on the on a trail. It was crazy looking. I feel like they have to be wild <laughs> to be on a mountain. I wouldn't let my horses play on a mountain. Yeah, that was near Riggins. That's kind of the beginning of the scenic drive. Girls, what were your thoughts about that trail or that drive? It was beautiful. I kept telling you. Look out the window. Look out the window. <laughs> You're like, Mom, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look in the front window. Going into it is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I think Lexi slept through that, actually. I think she slept most that way, unfortunately, for her. <laughs> That's kind of what Lexi does, is sleeps. And I don't even remember it, so it might be. Yeah, I think you slept. Another little awesome spot we visited was in McCall. There was a lake there as well that we got to swim in. Big Payette Lake. And there was, at our campsite down the road, there was horseback riding. Yeah. And ponyback riding. But we did the ponyback riding. Why did we do the pony riding? Because you have to be six to ride a horseback riding. It's like 30 minutes. No, 90 minutes, I'm pretty sure. And Lexi's five, so she couldn't go. But I'm eight, so I could. But we just went on the pony ride. Because you're a big sister and nice, right? And it was so, so, so fun. It was. But What was the pony's name? Oh, come on. You forgot your pony's name? Ace. Yeah, Ace. He was a black pony, but he wasn't like a pony pony. He was like like a sugar foot pony. No, he was no. big. Yeah, he was actually pretty big. They brought him out, and I was like, wait. I thought Lexi ponies said, were small. Lexi said he wasn't a sugar foot yeah. pony <laughs> from Marlin. <laughs> it, was probably ta- it was probably close to a horse. Yeah, I was thinking mini horse, but they brought out like a just a small horse. Yeah, like a mule, kind of. It was so fun. We got to do it two times. Go around the block two times. Yep, on a trail. Yeah, in the woods. And I told her all about Heartland. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> That's funny. You remember her? your guide's name? Be- it was Becca. She was very nice. Becca. Then there's Jellybean. Lexi fell in love with her. He was also a pony, I'm pretty sure. Yep, and while one kid was going... We got to hang out, the other, me and the other kid got to hang out with all the horses. 
Lexi fell in love with Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean. I love Jelly Bean. Yeah, that area is cool. There's um, there's a lot to do there. McCall is like a really cool lake town. Busy and yeah. fancy. <laughs> kind of reminding me of uh, Traverse City type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. We're from Michigan, so. A lot of stand-up paddle boarding, kayaking. You can rent all that stuff, jet skis. There's and, a big public beach that you yep. can hang out at. There's actually several big public beaches there. That's a pretty big lake. We found a little cove that was not, or that was away from the public beach that was perfect for us, yeah. I think. Um, everyone ended up leaving, so we were left there by ourselves on this little beach, and it was amazing. Caught a sunset while we were there. Watch a baby duck learn how to fly. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. And the parents flew away from it. Yeah, we were sad for a minute, but then it it kept trying and kept trying and Figured finally it out. got it. Finally got it. And then it was it looked so happy. It was flying in the wrong direction and then it did a huge turn and flew off to its parents. <laughs> Is that what I have to do to get you to make your own lunch? No. <laughs> just leave you hanging. N-O, stinking toe. Where do you stay in that area? We stayed on um, some Idaho state land. It's called state endowment land. It's just west of the lake. It's kind of just like in the forest. It's like a big opening. And when we got there, there wasn't anybody there. But over the weekend, I think there was a few people that came and went. They stayed a day or two. It was actually right down the road from the horse place. Yeah. Anywhere else to stay in that area? There's a handful of campgrounds there. There's some state campgrounds. Uh, we didn't really check those out because we had a good spot, but saw a bald eagle there. We drove around the river and the lake a couple times. Got some good pizza. Delicious pizza. Yeah, like one town over. New Meadows. I yeah, just ate there. half of it. I... Yeah, even the pizza hater ate a piece. Yeah, she doesn't like pizza, but she did eat some of it. <laughs> Those were two of our favorite places, I think mostly because we got to swim <laughs> and see water, which we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, but all of Idaho has been amazing. So let's start from the beginning. We first drove in. Yeah, when we first came in, um, we stayed near Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. It's in the very southeastern corner. And uh, we found some state land that's right on the Portnuff River. And before we got there, though, we so we'd been in Arizona, Utah, Nevada for what, five, six months? Yeah. And we haven't seen green in like forever. Not like this. And we drove into Idaho and you got these rolling hills all around you, just covered in pine trees. And this little section of Idaho is more like the northern section. It kind yeah, of there's goes mountains. Around. Yeah, there's mountains and everything. And then the, there is a section of Idaho, which we did spend a lot of time in, that does not have trees. So, But when we first went in, I was like, I almost cried, I think. Seeing all that green, I couldn't believe it. Rolling hills of just green grass. And then we found this camping spot. Tony had already found the camping spot. But we got to the camping spot, and it was that just that. I mean, there was hills all around us with this, like, rolling grass, green grass and yeah. these trees. And it was the perfect spot to fill my craving of green life. Like, that was the first thing when we stepped out of the RV. I was like, I can literally smell life right now. Like, you can smell. <laughs> yeah, you can smell the river, the trees, the grass all around. It's crazy what your body, like, forgets <laughs> so lava hot springs is actually a really cute little town it has i don't know five or six different hot springs that you can go to mm -hmm. it also has a huge water park that we did not get to go to but um i think they even have some hot springs at that water park which would be which would have been really cool we stayed there for a few days four or five days and we did some working we did do a few road trips but it was after work yeah we hung out in town for a minute we Took like a just a scenic byway around, drove through some mountains. What else did we do there, girls? Hung out by the river. From Lava Hot Springs, we went up to Blackfoot, Idaho, and we stayed at a harvest host there. It was the Idaho Potato Museum and Cafe. That was a really fun little museum. 
There's a lot of cute little exhibits inside there. What was your favorite part of the museum? Probably the gift shop area or the french fries. You guys like the um VR. the virtual reality goggles. Oh yeah, the goggles. Oh, and the potato racing. So there's quite a few things apparently. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's we built fun. Mr. Potato Head race cars and raced them like Pinewood Derby things. Lexi and I got the best baked potatoes and ate them for dinner. And then Tony got a huge pizza, and we didn't even eat any of the pizza. Yeah, from I had some fries. <laughs> because we had delicious. The they had the potatoes. I ordered pizza from the place across the street, and then I'm the only one that ate the pizza. But we also went to a candy place. Yeah, oh. the candy jar. And they had the best fudge. There was unicorn. Is Huckleberry and... Who's the pink stuff in it? Cotton candy or something? I'm not sure what all was in. I know that had some Huckleberry. Huckleberry. I got Huckleberry fudge for myself. Huckleberry fudge. Unicorn peanut fudge. Peanut butter. Chocolate. Yeah, I had the peanut butter chocolate. It was so good. And just so you guys know, we're from Michigan, so we're fudge knobs. And we have the right to be because that's where it was like made or invented or something. And this was really good fudge. This actually, I liked better than Michigan fudge. I would eat this any day over Mackinac Island fudge. Mom said her mom made fudge. No, I did not. My mom's never made fudge. (laughs) I thought she did. No, grandma did. My grandma. Your great grandma. And her fudge is good too, though. (laughs) Her fudge is really good too. Yeah, we got an assortment of fudge from the candy jar, a pizza from the pizza place next door. Lollipop. Oh, you guys got lollipops. We got potato stuff from the Potato Museum Cafe. Yeah, we and then we walked back to the RV and ate it, and we had all these things from different yeah. places. <laughs> it was like a triangle. One place, one place, one place. And there was so much pizza left over, I think I had to split it up into like four different containers all over the fridge because yeah. the box wouldn't even fit in there. <laughs> the pizza was huge and we didn't eat any of it. So, But that is a cute little area to harvest host for a night. If you're in the area, you can stop and get your picture taken with a big potato and eat a potato. And learn about potatoes. And learn about <laughs> potatoes, exactly. <laughs> eat, see, and learn. Next, we stayed in Rexburg, which was a fun little town. We went to a rodeo. Yes. Was that your first rodeo? My second. Where was your first? We watched Utah. it from the car. Bryce. Oh, yes, yes. We watched it from the car, exactly. This was the... Then we went to go see the Teton Mountains. Yes. So let's talk about the Teton Mountains first. We... When we first got to Rexburg, we decided to take a little road trip, just a little one, you know, down to the Overlook to see the the mountains. It was kind of like we were just, there was actually some place I had in mind to go see. I wanted to go see Mesa Falls. I heard it was cool, but it was like a, I think it was like a 45 minute drive from where we were. But like just a few minutes into the drive, I was like, holy smokes, you can see the Tetons right there. So we, I showed everybody and then we just kind of like, we're drawn to it. Forgot about the the falls. Oof, gone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped at an overlook. We're taking pictures on a rock of the falls with the kids. The, or not the falls, the Teton Mountains behind. And the next thing we knew, we were driving over the, the Teton Mountains. Yep, driving over Teton Pass. <laughs> got into Jackson Hole. Yeah, we got to visit there a little bit, which was a cute little town. We'll have to go back there when we actually are not there just for an hour. <laughs> But um, that was really cool, and the mountains were gorgeous to see, and it was surprising how well you could see them from that area. So. Yeah, and we even caught it like a sunset. And we're gonna we're going back down to see the Tetons, like go to Teton National Park and all of that as well. So we'll see them more. But this was cool to kind of see the back behind the scenes or something, you know, like behind the mountain, yeah, behind the curtain or. <laughs> The rodeo was also very fun. It was small town rodeo. And we actually talked about this on a podcast before. Just a tad bit. I think one of you guys were digging it because it was fun. I can't remember what it was. But anyways, uh, do you remember the name of the rodeo? Whoopie Days Rodeo. Yep, Whoopie Days Rodeo. 
and it was super cool. What'd you guys get to do there? We got to do a cash cow, which was really, really fun. What is it? So, first, you do jumping jacks, then push-ups, then rolling over, then running, which is hard. Not that hard. What are you running after? The cow that has cash on it. Did you get it? I touched it. You touched the cow. And the money. <laughs> oh, you touched the money and didn't grab it? Yeah, grab whatever's in the bag. Unless it's moving. That was really cute to see you guys out there. Kylie ran so fast her hat flew off and she thought like The guy was like the guy was like there's a kid making sandcastles, a cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat. And it was like, that's my cowboy hat. <laughs> so she's like, I was like, why didn't, I didn't even know she lost her hat until I was watching the video later on of, you know, what I recorded. And I'm like, why didn't you turn around and get it? And she's like, because I had to get to wherever I was running to. And I'm like, where were you running? She's like, I don't know, but we were running there. <laughs> the kids had never done a cash cow before. And then so. we, I, once it was over, um, I went back, I saw Black Dot, and I knew it was my cowboy hat, so I went and grabbed it, and I still have it. (laughs) (laughs) Where did we stay in that area, Tony? We stayed at Wind Willows RV Park. It's just a little bit south of Rexburg. And is there any BLM or any free camping around that area? Um, Not that I know of. I didn't really look for it. I think that was kind of like, that was after boondocking for almost a week, so we just kind of like wanted some hookups. Mm -hmm. To get some work done, take showers every day, have hot water every day. All right, let's move to Arco. We did something really cool here. We went to the moon, kind of. We did go to the moon. We went to Crater Craters of the Moon National Monument. Mm-hmm. It was super fun, even though my feet had hurt. Yeah, my feet hurt too. <laughs> and we went on this long, 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 long hike. Craters of the Moon is a national monument, and it's like completely different terrain. It's all lava flows and cinder and ash and stuff. And you get there's hikes set up there. You're actually walking out on the flows. They have like a little paved walkway, but it is uneven, so be very careful. Um, I'm very clumsy, so I was, like, terrified of falling. Then we went on this very long hike up a hill and down a hill. And we went in two caves, which was very fun. Yeah. So they make this pathway over the lava flows out to the tunnels, caves of the lava. So that's what Kylie's talking about. There's multiple hikes that walk out on this Lava flow. It's very hot. (laughs) Once you get in the caves, it's actually pretty chilly. Yeah, because you go down deep into the ground. And a couple, or one that we went into was pitch black. Um, There was like ice down there too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was nice and cold. The ice forming on the walls and ceiling. It was perfect in there. It was great because it was hot and sunny out. Yes. It's like nature's air conditioning. Yeah, so I we came out and we were walking back towards the car and the the girls wanted to do another one and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going back to the car. And so I was walking back to the car and it was, we, we didn't realize, I mean, I guess it didn't like click how far out it was and we were, we didn't have water. We didn't take water with us and I was so thirsty. I started to like kind of cough a little bit. And then I couldn't, like, almost couldn't catch my breath because my throat was so dry and I could I don't know how to explain it, like, because then I was, like, breathing heavy. Um, and I was just like, I have to get back to the car right now because I can't breathe at all <laughs> because I was, like, coughing so much from just drinking. I just needed water, like, so bad. So I walked back and I could, it was funny because I could, like, see the heat, like, coming off the ground. You know how it gets, like, squiggly? Yeah. And I... Honestly, I could almost hear the vultures flying over yeah, my head. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty hot day, and <laughs> that was our big mistake, was not taking water with us. Yeah, that was, we should have like, We didn't know that we were going to be out there as long as we were, so. It wasn't that we were out there that long, because we did, um, there is a place by the 
visitor center that you can leave. Like we left our RV there and we left the air running on our solar um, for our dogs. So we weren't technically gone that long. It was only a couple hours, right, total? Mm -hmm. But it was just that it was so hot. I mean, it was probably 90 degrees. Yeah, it was like the beginning of the heat wave at that point in time. Yeah, it was probably 90 degrees and there's no shade because you're out on lava flows, (laughs) which are black, by the way, so that brings in heat more. So it was probably 10 degrees more out there. Uh, But it was really cool spot. I'm glad we did it still, even though I was thought I died (laughs) out there. (laughs) But the kids came back. I mean, they came back shortly after and they said it was a cool cave. So I do recommend checking out as many caves out there as you can. There's even caves that you can't walk through. You have to crawl through them, which is insane. They also have their own ranger program there, which is really cool. It's like a special limited edition badge that you get. Yeah, it's a junior ranger uh, or lunar ranger badge. It's the only badge that's lunar ranger, and it's the only badge that is black and silver. Yeah. Also in that park are some cool little, like, spots that you can – just kind of um, like park overlook type things and you can like walk up a mountain or something. And there's a couple of those. You guys did one of them where you walked up that really big mountain. Yep, like a big cinder cone or something. Mm -hmm. And there are signs that say don't bring dogs, but we did see a couple dogs and I couldn't stop thinking about these poor things because that ground is so hot. I mean, it was so hot there. So please, please think about your dogs if you're taking your dogs there. They should not be walking around at all. Yeah, no. They should have dog shoes. Well, I mean, there's signs saying not to bring your dogs. And I know on the last podcast I was complaining about the national parks and not letting your dogs come to the national parks. But this is one that I do think you should think about just because everything is black so if it's in a warmer time, I mean, the sun is just baking that that ground. Yeah, I couldn't. I, there was no way I would be able to put my hand on the ground and leave it there. I Oh, I had hiking shoes on, and I wanted to take my hiking shoes off and put on my flip-flops, and I was taking them off at the, the Jeep, and I just barely, I lost my balance, and I just barely stepped down with my other foot and, like, tapped the ground and I seriously, my foot just was like instantly on fire. Sizzle. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, no dogs should be here. So uh, definitely don't take your dogs to the spot unless you're leaving them in the RV with it on. And there is a campground here at uh, Craters of the Moon too. That was really cool. Yep. That, and it was, what's so cool about that campground is you're camping within all the rocks and stuff like the volcanic rocks. So it's actually a really cool spot to camp. Mm-hmm. We camped uh, nearby there in some BLM land, right? Yep. We found some federal land, stayed there. It just kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, Arco, um, surrounded by some farms and stuff, but it was all right. We had, uh, we went to a local restaurant called Pickles Place. What was your favorite thing at Pickles Place, Lex? Pickle Popsicle. Another really cool thing in Arco was the Number Hill. Do you guys remember that? Yes. There were so many years on it. So it's a mountain that the senior year goes out and puts their senior year on the mountain with paint. And I know that I don't I don't like seeing, you know, people right on mountains and stuff but it's one view there's hundreds of them around there <laughs> um and it's actually kind of cool i think seeing all the years up there they started in 1920 yes and have done it every year since there was a couple 20s up there and i was super confused and so i looked it up and sure enough it's that is it they they don't put all four they put like the last two digits and so uh I was confused, and so I looked it up, and sure enough, it started in 1920. Over 100 years it's been going on. It's crazy. And you can see it from quite a ways away, too. It's pretty high up there. Twin Falls. When we made it to Twin Falls, we stayed at the Snake River Canyons Park. Um, It's on the north side of the Snake River, really close to Twin Falls. Uh, It's not really like a designated campsite or anything there's um i think there's a 10-day limit you can stay there it's kind of like more like a big gravel lot and there's a lot of off-road trails a lot of atv and ohv and jeep trails and stuff which we got to experience one that was pretty intense but right there there's um it's right near shoshone falls and the perrin memorial bridge 
which I think is like one of the biggest bridges in Idaho. I think it's like the eighth largest bridge in the country. So that that BLM spot, it, it wasn't my favorite spot because it's just like a parking lot. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the, the best views either, um, but it was fine, and it was close to everything we need. Um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't recommend it unless you can't find anywhere else to go. Or unless you're going to off-road or, yeah, if you're just going to be there, need a quick overnight. That'd be, that's more like what that would Yeah, would quick be, overnight for sure. Like a one overnight. I think we stayed there two or three nights. That Jeep trail was kind of fun. We <laughs> we went down to the falls. Well, we were trying to get a view of the falls, from not from the falls park. Yeah, we were doing it like from the backside. What happened, girls? So that trail was kind of scary because we it was very rocky. Tony's like, oh, no problem. We got this. So we, we I made think, it. I think I said, eh, we've done worse. Yeah. So I get out and spot him. And which is interesting in itself. That was my first real time doing that and figured that out, got him down, get in the car. We're moving to the next spot. And he goes, oh, crap, I don't have any gas. Literally on E. He just realized that he doesn't have E or that we're on E. He doesn't have any gas. And we had to go out that same way, which was a crazy way, by the way. So I'm already panicking a little bit. We get down the trail a little bit more. And then there's another one that was just too much for our Jeep. Yeah, it was just, it was very rocky. rocky. Yeah, and the rocks were just too big to get over with us, with our equipment. So We had to turn around and go back. No falls that moment. Yep. Go back, and we had to go up that hill. And then there was, the hills were much harder to get up than go down on. (laughs) And I was a little nervous that we were not going to make it up. But we got it. You got it, I should say. I was freaking out, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was a little we're going to run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, just because of the um, gas, the degree of the hill, you know, the incline. And the who knows, maybe I, just, I think I just had like a, when I feel it filled up just a few minutes after that, I think I only had like a gallon and a half of gas left. So, you know, all that gas was just like in a little puddle somewhere where it couldn't get, where the Jeep couldn't drink it. So, but we made it. After a couple tries. A couple bounces. Yep. So we got up and the kids are all running around. I mean, we all got out of the car and the kids are running around on the side, not in front of where Tony was. We were careful, but we're just running around in these like rocks and grass probably. Mom's kind of spotting me. Not paying attention to the kids. The kids are just, yeah, running around all willy nilly, climbing on rocks and stuff. Tony parks the car. So we go to get in the car. And Tony saw something out of the corner of his eye. He thought it was like a pipe. So he goes to move the pipe. Yeah, I was, as I was getting out the first time, I kind of caught something. And then before I got back in, I wanted to check on it to make sure it's not something I was going to run over. And I walked up to it, and holy crap, it was a huge snake. <laughs> Which, by the way, was just probably chased out of where the girls were playing. Yeah. So <laughs> that totally freaks me out. Because <laughs> the other thing, too, is you we didn't have, like, we, you had your Crocs on, I think. Shorts and Crocs. Shorts and Crocs are like, I don't even know if you had, would you have on boots maybe? I had flip-flops on and I literally, like I'm recording and in the, when we looked back on the recording, you could see it in the recording. I easily could have just stepped on it, which <laughs> totally freaks me out. I have nightmares of this day. <laughs> it was like a king snake or something. I think it was a gopher snake. You looked it up. Oh yeah, gopher snake. So, not dangerous, just big. Yeah. And scary if you're stepping on it with flip-flops. I mean, they can still bite you. Sure. But that was quite an adventure. Then we got gas. Then we went to the actual Shoshone Falls Park, checked it out. That trial was a lot of fun. Even though it was scary, we almost ran out of gas, and it was miles from anything. We almost stepped on a snake and had dreams for days. <laughs> but it's all about the adventure, and it was it was a fun trail. So scary. It was scary, wasn't it? <laughs> but then after that, we did end up going to the falls, and it was pretty. It was actually really cool. The falls were pretty. It wasn't their optimal time for the water flow because they do a lot of irrigation and stuff in the summer, so they divert a lot of the water out of it. So springtime, if you're going to go, uh, is a really good time that we've seen to go there because it really a lot of water flowing at that time. And then we did the um, the Perrin Bridge overlook the girls and i walked around that we went under the bridge walked along the top of the river the canyon i guess 
And there's a drive, like a byway that drives down to the bottom and you yep. can look up at it and there's waterfalls coming around or like coming off the cliff there, which yep. is kind of cool. And near the falls park, there's a evil Knievel jump site from way back in the day when he tried to jump the snake river Canyon but failed in a, a steam powered rocket. So there's still some, there's still some relics there from that. Check that out. All right. Glenn's ferry. This is back onto the Oregon trail uh there's actually a ferry here an old ferry that was used to help people get across not during the oregon trail time it was after, after that. Yep. yep during the oregon trail everybody had to ford the river Which, or go the long way and there was there is a cool museum there that we did about the oregon trail that was really fun right girls yep. yeah and they had a wagon in there and it showed you like what it looked like inside Things that they brought on yeah, their trip. Of supplies. Like, there was like a picture. There was like a big wagon in there. Mm-hmm. That you get to actually see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they had it loaded up with all the stuff that people would normally bring with them. Yeah. I like. The, oh, go ahead. And there's like a like a fake person that's like making stuff. Oh yeah, D- there was different people in different spots. Yep. I like the the wheel that you could like spin and it told you like what your fate was yeah like just the scenario that you'd have to go through you lost a wheel and you floated down the river or something that was cool kylie said it said the person in front of them lost an oxen and she was scared but she ended up doing it and made it across fine is what her said dad lost a wheel and ended up floating down the river (laughs) or something i I think my wagon tipped over oh yeah your wagon tipped over yeah (laughs) And I barely made it out alive. But that that museum is really cool. We'll link to that in the in the show notes. And we have talked about it before in a different podcast, I think, for like a digging or something. And there's like a machine with three buttons. And there's like sense things. And you hit the button like in like like It would there the three buttons were three different um, dollar amounts like budgets that yeah, you budgets. had if you had $500 you push that button and things certain things pop up that would tell you what you could bring for that mon- much money and sometimes it fills it up or not yeah the more money you have the more stuff you could afford to bring and there's another machine with one button and it showed like show, you hit the button then there's like lights that showed the Oregon Trail that was cool. That was a big map that had all the different trails on there. And then when you hit the light, or when you hit the button, it lit up the Oregon Trail. Yeah, that was really cool. That's crazy to think. I th- how long, how far was it? 2,000 miles? More, But, it, but it took like four to six months to do it. Pretty rugged out there. The other really cool thing in that town was the Hagerman Fossil Beds National Monument. Uh, there was just like a little like offshoot that you can walk out. You don't get to see any of the fossils or anything. That was the beginning of the trail for the Oregon Trail. You actually got to drive along where the um, the trail like crossed over the road in different spots. And there was like a little bit of a hike and you can hike out and see the actual ruts, which I thought was really cool to yeah. see the ruts from the actual Oregon Trail. And there, we went on like... A whole bunch of uh, hikes. Yeah, we. what did we see on the one hike? Where it was like um, a the bunch. The trail was blocked. Yeah, the trail was blocked by a bunch of. Tumbleweeds. Yeah, the whole trail was covered in tumbleweeds. After there, we went to the Caldwell Wilder area, which was near Boise. We just didn't want to stay in Boise, <laughs> so we stayed outside. Yeah, we found a cool campground uh, called River's Edge. It's in Wilder, and it's right on the Snake River. While we were there, we had a fourth. We went to see the fireworks for the Fourth of July, which was a lot of fun. We got to sit in the grass. I, I haven't said that in forever, right? We got to sit in grass. And yeah, see and Dad was trying to get a grass stain on us. I was. And I, yeah. We also went to the Boise State Capitol building, which was fun. Checked it off the list. It wasn't one of my favorite Capitol buildings. They kind of have a pretty. boring one. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's beautiful in there. Uh, there's a lot of it's all marble, so it, they did a really good job with that. 
And the and marble comes, and the marble comes from different, like parts of the state, and then a different country, which was kind of cool. Yeah, there's some, there's like stuff from Idaho, stuff from other states in the U.S., yeah. and then some from Italy. So that was neat. The only thing I didn't like is you couldn't see inside the Senate and House chambers. I kind of like to compare those as yeah. we drive through the states. So that They're was kind of a bummer. Up. After Caldwell, we started getting out of the desertish area. And then into more forested areas of Idaho. And this is when it got really gorgeous because this is the stuff that I love the most. Yeah, you really get into the mountains and the trees and lakes. Rivers, forests. This is where the Salmon River was. This is where McCall was. Um, I mean, these. this is really nice spot of Idaho. Thick Yeah, and forest. really what you're, what's happening is you're getting out of the... Snake River Valley, which is a huge lower part that goes all the way across, like, southern Idaho from one side to the other. That's why you get a lot of the desert stuff and plains and stuff like that. Then you start, as you go north, you get into the mountains. That's really what we like. And that first city we were in is McCall. That's where the lake was. That was a really cool little town. After there, we went to Cottonwood. That's where Salmon River was. That was also fun. And then after that, we stayed in a Harvest Host. It was in Amida with our wonderful host, Pete, and his Wheaton puppies. Yeah, which we still love and talk about. You, you can hear more about them on our last podcast, which was thefaolas.com slash eight. Uh, but that Harvest Host was so fun, and we miss those puppies. We still think about them. Uh, we will be getting one, too, eventually. There, there was a favorite one that I loved. What was his name? I mean, I called him Brownie because he looked like a brownie. Fudge and uh, chocolate brownie. <laughs> yeah, very cute. So that Harvest House is a really neat Harvest House to check out. You don't have service there, so if you do it on the weekend or if you don't have to work, it's perfect. But it is probably the quietest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it does have dark skies there. There's no light around. So it's a nice place to stargaze. It's also a perfect spot to stop on the way up north if you plan on driving more north of Idaho um, because it's only about 30 minutes off the highway. And that place was super cool. I literally loved that place. And you get to play with puppies. I mean, nothing can go wrong when you play with puppies. After there, we stayed in... Actually, we stayed across the state line. And I say it quietly because I feel like we cheated on Idaho for... A couple days. <laughs> I mean, we were practically in Idaho. Yeah. We were like, I think our campsite was on the border line. If you could draw a line through our campsite, it was Washington and Idaho. We stayed in Newport, Washington at a campground that was an RPI, which we get through Thousand Trail. So we only had to pay $10 a night. We stayed there for five nights. And it half the campground was in Idaho. Half the campground was in Washington. And that's right on the Ponderay River. Yeah, I mean, I think you could spend some time down at the river, and there's probably some other areas around there. We don't have a lot to say about this area because we really spent the whole time there working and getting things done around the RV. We didn't do a lot of adventuring in this area. But there's a, there's plenty of – it has – it's a small town. The uh, Idaho side is Old Town, and the Washington side is Newport. So because we didn't do anything, we didn't claim Washington. We're going to wait until we actually can explore the state, but – it was a good stop for five nights. And then finally, we stayed in Bonner's Ferry, and that's where we're at right now. We're staying at some fairgrounds for free. Yep, it's Boundary County Fairgrounds, and it's you can stay here free for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a dump station here, water. There's no electrical hookups or anything like that, but it's a good stop like for an overnight. And Cute then, little town. Yeah, yeah, the town, there was... A, uh, event yesterday called well f- several days but we were here yesterday called Riverfest and they had all kinds of activities they shut down the streets it was open till like midnight last night and they had uh, like a dance party and yeah, we like could hear it dance. all night <laughs> it was cool and we could um I felt it it was like vibrating my legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah the DJ there knew what he was doing. We drove to Canada yesterday, which was really fun. We drove to the border and took some pictures. Got to see the slash, which is how many feet, girls? Do you remember? Ten feet on United States of America and 
10 feet on the other side. Yeah, what's the other side? Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so 20 feet wide is trees cut. Um, and you can see it. I, I'll have pictures. I'll share them. Um, but that's along the border. Yeah, it's the international boundary cut through the forest. Straight line. And it was really cool to see because we, uh, it was like the quietest border I think I've ever been to. Nobody was there except for a few semi-trucks driving through. Uh, there may not even been border patrol there. Yeah, I don't know because nobody, we saw some turkeys uh, hanging out, walking across the border. It was funny. Um, Kylie broke the law and stepped into Canada for a minute. She didn't realize what she was doing, but I was like, Kylie, you just broke the law. Dad was like, those turkeys better have a passport. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a passport since you went to Canada? No. And then last night we did the wildlife refuge, right? It's called the Kootenai National Wildlife Refuge. And they have like an auto tour. They have like a, a one-way road that goes around it. We saw some great blue herons and some ducks, deer. Ducks, deer, great blue herons. Yep. And now after that, we are leaving today and driving across the border. And so we're leaving Idaho officially. I'm a little sad. Yep, headed to Montana, and I am sad to be leaving Idaho. We're going to be glad to go into a new state. Yep, we get to claim a brand new state. Montana. Idaho has a ton of scenic byways that you can take for beautiful road trips, and in the show notes, we'll link to a bunch of those. We're not going to go through them all right now, but... Too many. I mean, there is a lot of different byways that you can do, so we'll link to those. I think they're they're worth it. Um, We did a few of them, and... They're really pretty, and they're paved, so it's just a nice, smooth road trip. That is one thing I'll mention in Idaho that we did not do a lot of. We did not do very many Jeep trails. Yeah, we're sad about that. We were pavement pounders this time. This date was honestly amazing. Like, I I don't know how to explain it. It was really cool. I'm so glad that we decided to take the detour and drive up through Idaho. Yep, I'm seriously glad that we did this. I'm a little sad we planned on seeing the northern lights, uh, but because of all the well, smoke. We didn't plan, and you can't plan for the northern lights. You can hope for the northern lights. True, but we were hoping we'd get to see some. But. Yeah, but apparently northern Idaho is notorious for good northern lights, but I guess this wasn't our time. We talked to a nice man yesterday, and he asked us after traveling all over the country, what did we think about Idaho? What was the first thing that came to mind? And I said peaceful. I think... This is probably the quietest, most peaceful place I've been. It's, it's been very chill. And it's, it's so diverse. Like you have your mountains, deserts, plains, you know, the lakes and rivers are so unique. Like in the canyons, there's so, many, so much diversity here that it's just mind-blowing, really. And then the second part of my answer was the green. Yeah. It was very... A live feeling <laughs> after being in the desert for so long. The green really did feel and smell good. I know this sounds so weird. Like if I was listening to this podcast and I was a northerner, I would be like, what is she talking about? But when you come from a northern state like Michigan where we have lots of green and then you spend six months in a desert pretty much. I mean, we barely saw any green unless it was a cactus <laughs> yeah. with spikes on it. And it doesn't smell, it smells different up here. <laughs> like you can smell water. You, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it. <laughs> yeah. It's until you really live in the desert for six months and then go to the forest, it's hard to, uh, to explain. So those are the things that I think about Idaho. Um, I won't forget this state. It was so much fun. Yeah. I'm glad we did experience it because before we came here, this is not what I expected. And we still have things on our list. So that means we can. Come back. Come back and do more stuff. Today we are launching our newest segment about gear reviews. This is similar to our campground reviews, but about things. So we're going to talk about RV upgrades, Jeep upgrades. Yep, new gadgets, new gear. Yep, all the things that we're loving. And on that note, let's cue the gear review. Who doesn't love new gear or fun gadgets? Let us share with you what's new to us. And loved. In the RV, our Jeep, and our new tech. 
In this first review, we're going to talk about our favorite upgrade so far, and that's going to be our battery bank and solar setup. So the main component is our battery bank. That's six Battleborn batteries. Uh, they're lithium, 100 amp hours a piece. So that's what makes everything happen here. When we were first getting ready to set up this system, we were in touch with Battleborn Batteries in Nevada, and they got us set up with the six batteries, the Victron inverter, the Victron battery monitor, and the Victron solar charger. We kind of got it in a big bundle and uh, a few other things. We got some uh, fuses and switches from them as well. So we kind of had like the whole package um, and we had, had it all shipped to our RV park where we were at in Florida. Yep, we installed that and learned as we went. We kind of ran into a few snags the day that we set it up. Didn't have lights for about 12 hours. Well, let's... <laughs> so we're in Florida in... What month was that? I think we put, I put it in in April. So in April, it was probably 90 degrees. Well, actually... It was the, hot it, it and wasn't humid. Hot. I don't even know. Yeah, it wasn't even as hot as it was humid. It was humid, humid, humid. And I was like, yeah, we can handle this for, you know, the few hours that you have no power. But then we had a snag. What was it? I don't remember. I didn't hook up the ground. Oh, yeah. He didn't hook up the ground. He couldn't figure out what he missed. And we didn't have any power. And it was insane. <laughs> I was, like, freaking out for a small minute. The refrigerator is pulled out into the middle of our RV. We have no <laughs> power. And I think you sent a message to a friend and yeah. he went through the list with them. He's like, did you do this, this, this? And Tony's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, the ground. It into the ground. He's like, let me ask you a silly question. Did you ground it? I'm like going back through the memory bank. <laughs> sure didn't. So we got that up and then it worked. And then I was happy because <laughs> we could turn that air on. <laughs> and we um, had those for a while before we got solar. Yeah, we had those a year before solar um, combined with a Victron inverter. So the way that that's wired with the Victron inverter and we have an AM solar smart phase selector. So that enables us to power the entire coach off of our inverter when we need it, when we're not hooked up to power at a park or something. So and beforehand, before we actually made this upgrade, we had an inverter from the factory smaller and our battery bank was uh, very small because they don't really give you much from the factory. And it would literally last like three hours. In the middle of the night, our power would shut off because the batteries were drained. Um, and we only had a handful of plugs that would work. Our refrigerator and maybe like three plugs would work off of that original inverter. So we did the upgrade. We did the batteries, inverter, the smart phase selector. And that helps when we plug in. It knows what kind of power we're using. And it's what it is. It's called it's smart and sometimes it's a little too sensitive, and we've had a few issues with that. But I will say AM Solar's uh, support has been amazing, and they've helped us with any issue that we might have, and they were really quick with it. We have a Victron solar controller, and then from there we've got 1,200 watts of solar to help charge our batteries. Now, the, tr the solar, the battery bank was amazing. So we boondocked with that for quite a while. The only downfall to that is... When you have a big battery bank and you use a lot of it, you have to run your generator for a long time. So we we would literally run our generator for six to seven hours per day, broken up into different sections just to charge our batteries. So now with the solar setup, we can pretty much go a day to two days, depending on our power consumption, and then maybe run the generator for an hour and everything's good to go. And normally you're running the generator while you're cooking something with our like foodie ninja grill or yeah. something. I mean, to be honest, I if we're not using any, like, major, like, the microwave or the air, sometimes we turn it, you know, sometimes we even use the air on the solar. But if you're not using the air or the Foodie Ninja or anything like that, I think we could go all day. Yeah. I mean, you would only turn on, you'd only turn on the generator just to make sure it's working. Yep. <laughs> For the most part, right? Yeah. It stays pretty, as long as we have good sun, I have found out recently that, the smoky skies up here with all the wildfires, they do affect the or the charging ability. So we did have to run the generator a little bit more when we were off the grid. But for the most part, even though our harvest house, for two days, we didn't use the generator at all. And that was nice. Yeah, if you're cooking outside more too, we don't really have any issues yep. with cooking or anything like that. Using the Blackstone outside so I don't have to use the 
uh, induction cooktop inside here, the air fryer. The microwave is no problem running it off of the batteries. I mean, we can run everything off the bat- batteries, right? Yep. So you could run the Foodie Ninja. You could run the air. You could run the microwave. I could run all of those, but none of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you couldn't do that even on power. Even if we were no. on 50 amp, we run into issues with running yeah. some of those big power sucks at yeah, the same time. Yeah, some of those things are really power hogs. So, And mostly because we have two different... I don't know how to explain this. Two different legs of power or something. Yeah. And a lot of those big things are on one leg. So yeah. is that right? Is that yeah, what I'm exactly. <laughs> okay. But that uh, that whole system has really changed uh, how we've stayed at places. I mean, the first, literally the first six months of 2021, we either stayed at a thousand trails for free or we boondocked. And then one year after our stuff was set up, our batteries and all that was set up, we bought the solar in Phoenix. Yeah, and it kind of worked out because um, I got a great deal on the solar panels from Santan Solar in Gilbert. It's right by Mesa, Arizona. Um, got some 400-watt panels for like 200 bucks a piece. They've been great. I've actually, we've, we have a 1,200-watt system for solar, and uh, we've actually pulled 1,212 watts of power out of 1200 watts so system so i think that's pretty cool um and they fit perfect on the top of the rv there's still room for smaller panels if i wanted to add that in but the solar has been quite the game changer and i all the solar stuff um the wire and the fittings you know the electrical connectors they pretty much have everything to set you up with a complete system they sell all the components but do they sell batteries and all that as well they do, but they don't sell Battleborns. Okay. That I know of. They they might now, but we did get a pretty d- good deal on Battleborns directly through them for being escapees members. But that's our system. Actually, they have a sale going on right now. I don't know if it'll still be going yeah. on. I don't even hear this, but they have a sale right now going on. Yeah, cheaper than what we got them for. So, But that's our system in a nutshell. There's definitely more tech. You can get more technical with it, but um, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, the only thing now is... 1,200 watts seems to be, you know, a decent amount, but I wish I had a doubled that <laughs> if I could fit it, but that that's not a possibility, so. So if you want to double it, what do you need to do to double it? Like, we have to have so- smaller panels because those big ones won't fit. Yeah, I'd have to have a different size panel, different wattage, so which means we'd probably have more more smaller panels kind of all all over the roof, but and it's it- doable. And then you'd have to hook those up to a different solar charger. Yeah, new solar controller, diff- a separate solar controller for that separate array. I don't know. If we can get another really good deal on some panels, maybe we'll upgrade next year. Batteries? Or, the batteries, sorry. The batteries haven't even gotten down to really 30%. I, I haven't seen it down that low very often. No, I think we've if we really go like heavy at night and then go to bed, run fans and stuff, um, we can get down into like the high 40% range. But then, you know, with it starts charging fairly early. If we needed to bump it up, I've had to a couple times bump it up quick with the generator, but they charge pretty fast. For example, when we were at the Craters of the Moon and we left the air running with the dogs in here, we were gone for how long were we gone? I want to say two to three hours we were gone. So two to three hours, the air was running the whole time and it was nice and cool in here. And what was the batteries at? I think it got on to about 65%. And that's a heavy power draw. Air conditioner is. And that was 100% when they started. Yep. So it was 100% when it started. Air conditioners. Do we just have one running? Just one. We had one air conditioner running for three hours, and it was only down to 60%. That's pretty good. Yeah, these batteries have been amazing. Highly recommend. We'll make sure to link all of those products in our show notes so you can get your hands on them as well. And every company that we've worked with, Battleborn, AM Solar, and Sun. Santan Solar. Santan Solar. (laughs) All three of them were amazing to work with. All of them had great customer service and support afterwards. We're not sponsored by them, although we'd like to be. Yeah, we could use some more, another half. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But yeah, great companies. I definitely highly recommend all of them. And that is a wrap for episode nine crazy nine episodes already i feel like it's just yesterday we started this podcast yeah (laughs) 
if you have any tips or things that we should add to our bucket list for Idaho, please let us know in the show notes. We leave the comments open on those posts only. <laughs> uh, so take advantage of it. Leave us a comment and let us know what what to see. Yeah, we always love recommendations. We have a travel book that we can add all these ideas to. We cross them off as we do them and date them. And then when we're in another, like, let's say we got a recommendation right now for California or Florida or something, we would just add it into that page. So when we go back to that state, we can see it, um, see the recommendations that we should do in that area. And that's going to do it for episode nine. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fayolas. You can find the show notes of this episode at thefayolas.com slash nine. We'll see you next week. And now the bloopers. Let's go! Beep, beep! <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's the beep of the car. Nine. 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 Where were you? <laughs> it was like a grasshopper standing there with a leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, holding the baseball bat. Which scared me to death. Because one time, Dad pointed um, the grabber at my face, and there was a grasshopper on it. It jumped on my shoulder, and I hated that day. Traumatized. Wait, this is a long time ago. This is years ago. <laughs> With that, let's cue the goo. Cue the goo. <laughs> with that, <laughs> with that, you say it. I can't. Stop. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> That's a song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>